For BYU-Idaho Radio, I'm Celeste Simmons, and today I'm here with the young woman general president of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Bonnie H. Corden. Thank you so much for meeting with me today, President Corden. It is a delight. Thanks, Celeste. Now, you grew up right next to Rexburg in Idaho Falls. What were some of your favorite things to do growing up in that area? That was a great place to grow up. You know, I loved Idaho Falls. There was um, friends, family surrounded me. But some of the favorite things I loved doing is I loved doing gymnastics, which is kind of interesting because I'm tall. And so that wasn't a very good sport for me. But I loved gymnastics. I loved the sports. Um, You know, it was a great place. There wasn't lots going on when I was in Idaho Falls as far as shopping malls or things like that. So we just gathered as friends. And so the thing I love most is the memories of gathering. Um, We would surf the canals. We would um, go out to the sand dunes. But there was just the simple things. We'd just gather in people's homes and and be together. We'd go to high sea a lot. And so I have fun memories. Very good childhood. So fun. Thank you for sharing. And I want to ask you a few questions about your devotional talk. And in your talk, you mentioned that, quote, turning to the scriptures for a life hack is much more reliable than social media, end quote. I am constantly distracted by notifications on my phone and social media can be very overwhelming. I get distracted while doing homework, while having conversations with people, even while at church or while reading scriptures. What advice do you have, especially for the young adult generation, when it comes to disconnecting and using your time more valuably? Mm, That's a great question. And interestingly, I think we all have that. It doesn't matter what age you have are, because as you look at your um, phone, they're now quite a communication for us, but also, like you said, a huge distraction. Um, What are some tips? You know, I actually sometimes just have to turn my phone off. And I love studying my scriptures on my phone because I like to be able to highlight it and put annotations right there. So when I'm speaking or when I'm um, studying, they're right there. But sometimes, especially for me in the morning, I take my old paper scriptures so that I have an uninterrupted time with the Lord. And I take those paper scriptures, and that's where I give some time just reading my scriptures the old-fashioned way. And that has really helped put things in perspective. I think a lot of times it's stepping away from the uh, noise and the constant. And that, you know, 10, 15 minutes of quiet time has really put the day into a settling mode of the Savior. And so centering my day on the Savior with the old-fashioned scriptures has been a blessing. So that's a, that's a tip that we know, but it's so much easier to go to our phones. At least it is for me. You also mentioned in your talk the scripture Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, with, which reads, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. and all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. How have you seen the Lord direct your paths and your calling as young woman general president? Mm, that, you know, that scripture has really impacted me since the start of my presidency and really pondering what does it look like for all of us, but I've really pondered, what does it look like for me to give my all of my heart? Um, Sometimes I reserve part of my world for me and then, okay, I'll give this part to the Lord. And so realizing that this presidency and this opportunity to serve is really the Lord's. And so to really see what the Lord wants us to do, we've had enormous um, miracles as we've seen the Lord saying no 
this is actually my work and this is how it needs to be done. One of them, which was really quite tender, was with the young women's theme. You may all remember the the other the older theme, and when the adjustments were made. The Lord said, you know, you need to adjust the theme. So we were just going to do a light adjustment. And it was fascinating how the Spirit just pressed on our heart and said, no, I need you to redo the theme. And when you say trust in the Lord with all your heart, we were like, oh, I don't know if we can do this. And um, that lean not to your own understanding just kept, um, pon- we kept pondering on that. So we did make the adjustments as much as we knew how. And we took it to the 12, read it to them, and some of them even teared up as we were reading this new theme. So we thought, it's right. Now, the Lord doesn't always give everything all at once. So then when we took it to the first presidency, we read the theme. And then as we left, what happens is you get a little email that says what was approved and what wasn't approved. And we got a note that the theme was not approved, and there were still some adjustments. We were rather shocked because we had felt so good about it. But I learned that giving your whole heart to the Lord realizes that He'll direct your paths, but it's not always all at once. So we sent a note back and said, we'll change it however you want. What would you like? And you know what they said? They came back. The prophet came back and said, you will know. That was a panic for me. But it also was a wonderful opportunity to turn to the Lord. And through the process of repenting, praying, temple attendance, and really seeking, He really did lead our path. We were able to change the words. Thoughts came from heaven. We changed them, submitted them, and it was approved. So much better than we could have ever imagined. The Lord had a vision. And so, I mean, that's just one example, concrete example, but it happens over and over. So this last five years has been miraculous seeing how the Lord takes care of all things and directs our paths. Thank you for sharing that. What an incredible story to hear the background of how the new theme came to be. And that's really fascinating. Thank you. And something that I admire so much about members of the church, especially leaders of the church, is how consecrated they are and how they are able to receive revelation to guide the people um, that they are leaders for. As a leader of the church and as the president of um, the young woman across the world, how do you practice and receive revelation? What are some practices that you have in your own life that are beneficial to having a closer connection with the Lord? Oh, that's a powerful question. Because as you ponder that, and as we know from our prophet who has been so open to helping us understand that all of us can receive revelation um, and that we should seek revelation. I think Joseph Smith is one of our For me, one of the wonderful um, examples, when he went to the grove, he went seeking. And he actually really pondered about what he wanted to say. And then he, I love when the prophet said, he poured out his soul. And then the prophet has asked us to pour our hearts out. And it's interesting, all of us have an opportunity to serve. I think that's one of the ways the Lord helps us know him, is by accepting callings. And so we're on our knees praying, oh, help me be the best class president if I'm a young woman. 
or help me understand what it looks like to um, be the chorister for sacrament meeting. And as we're praying for others or for our calling, it's amazing how we realize in our own lives personal revelation is happening. But I think it's the specific things. I have been very general sometimes. Bless me to have a nice day. Everything will be well. But what I really need is I need help with my chemistry, let's say, if I'm a student. And I'm really struggling with problem 19. It doesn't make sense. That specific um, prayer will notice sometimes more the hand of the Lord as he quietly, magically—not magically, quietly, powerfully— impresses on our mind and helps us understand more clearly. So revelation is a line upon line, but it's real. I mean, it's like the young woman theme. When that note came back, you will know it was daunting. I thought, how am I going to know what the prophet is hoping is in this theme? And it really was the prophet knew what the Lord wanted in the theme, and he had complete confidence in the Lord that he would reveal to me what was in the theme because I'd been called and set apart. And so many of us have that same, um, well, we all have that same opportunities we're called and set apart for callings. But in our own lives, we have that same glorious opportunity to get as much revelation as we want. But it's always in the Lord's timing. And it's that line upon line, which we're so used to Google. I don't know if you're used to Google. Mm. I want that instant. I want it, you know, an answer. Yeah. But prayer is one of those answers that come to our heart and our mind that we just don't forget. So I don't know if that answers your question, but those are some of the thoughts that have just come. Yes, that was perfect. Thank you so much for that. And as we are patient while waiting for answers from the Lord, how can we practice patience? I think that's a hard one for everyone, but what are your best tips for practicing patience as we wait upon the Lord for those answers? That is such a great question, because some of those, I still have answers that I've been asking for years that I just don't have answers to. But what I do love is looking at the things that I have received answers to and the patience of moving forward. Faith is um, a principle of action and power. So move our feet go forward each day. And so I really try to do the little things. You know, as I'm praying and reading my scriptures and pondering, I mean, some of the best revelation that I've received is when I'm in the shower and I'm pondering what I've read and all of a sudden I'm like, oh my goodness. So I use all this little quiet times and I wish I had a whiteboard in my shower because I'm like, oh, I've got to remember that. Sometimes I jump out of the shower really quick and write it down. Um, so expect miracles, but be patient when one thing hasn't happened, but notice that others are. Sometimes we're so focused on one question that still is, is uh, the timing of the Lord has not been completely answered. But open our minds to see what has been answered. And I think that helps our patience, at least it helps mine. Thank you. And going back to the scripture that you mentioned in your devotional talk, Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, it mentions trusting in the Lord completely. Trusting completely is much easier said than done, and you experienced that firsthand when you had the rare opportunity to serve a mission at 18 years old. How did that unique experience serving at such a young age in a new language amongst missionaries that were older than you strengthen your testimony and God's plan for you? Well, that was a remarkable time. And actually, I walked in the MTC when I was 17. And um, 
And I think the Lord just knew it's going to take a lot longer for Bonnie, so we better start working on her. But um, trusting in the Lord when you don't understand the why. When I, um, many people are saying, why did you serve your mission at 17? How can I serve a mission at 17? Let me explain. Way back when, when the dinosaurs roamed, um, my father was called as a mission president, and Elder Marky Peterson, the general authority or the apostle at that time, was setting him apart. As we walked into that sacred space for his setting apart, and I was just there to support Dad, he looked at me and he said, Bonnie, you need to serve a mission. Now, being very, I was 17, I'm like, oh, I'll think about it someday. And then he turned more intently and said, no, you need to serve a mission now. And I said, oh, I'm only 17. And he says, I know, you should serve a mission now. So I went with my parents to Portugal, started my senior year of high school. It was Christmas time. My dad said, oh, you can put your papers in. And this is trust in the Lord. I'm like, no. Because my understanding was you had to be 21. He said, if an apostle invites, would you not want to trust? And I didn't know if I really even had a desire. But sometimes desires come after we jump in. So I filled out my papers, sent them in, explained that I was going to be graduated from high school in June, so that would be a good time to go in the MTC. I get my call to Portugal, and I needed to be in the Provo MTC in two weeks. And I had one dress to my name. I mean, nothing made sense. And it did not. So leaning not to your own understanding, the Lord's what he has for us in our lives sometimes don't make sense. So I walked into the MTC, and my companion was 27. So we were 10 years apart. But what I didn't know that the Lord knew is that the MTC mission president was an educator. Joe J. Christensen was the MTC mission leader at the time. And he called me into his office, and he said, I understand you haven't graduated from high school. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, how embarrassing. And he then showed me how on P-Days I could test out of high school classes. And I was so overwhelmed with just learning Portuguese, trying to be a missionary at a very young age. But he said to me, do you have faith in the Lord? Your immediate response is, well, I think, yes. And he said something to me that has always touched my heart. He said, you need to see yourself as a high school graduate. You start moving that direction and the Lord will help you. But the challenge is you've got to believe that the Lord will help you complete it. So that eye of faith changed things. And so I did. Every P-Day I would go test out of high school classes. Some tests were better than others. But as I left the MTC after two months, I was a high school graduate. So trust in the Lord. So you still think, well, why would you have had to go before you graduated from high school? Well, there's something else the Lord knew that I didn't realize. My sister, who is about five plus years older than me, was serving her mission in Portugal. So her very last month and my second month in the in Portugal, we were companions. So sometimes the Lord has tender mercies for us that if we wouldn't have followed the things that don't make any sense, we would never have received And as you follow the Lord, all of a sudden, He opens things that are glorious. You think, oh my gosh, I had no idea. And so, 
No, it didn't make any sense that a 17-year-old was going to walk into the MTC. And does the Lord need a 17-year-old to serve a mission? No. I needed to serve a mission. And that's what the Lord knows. If we follow him, he'll direct our paths to things that we think, I don't want to do this. I don't even, I'm not even understanding. But as we allow him to help us, all of a sudden the world changes. Wow, it's so interesting to look back and see the steps all along the way to where we are now and how those were so necessary. But at the time, we were just stepping into a fog, into an abyss. But he knew the whole way. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. He knows. And he's doing that with your life. There are things that you you get up each day. It's cold. You say your prayers. You know, you're reading your scriptures. Put on your boots and you walk out and you're moving your your, your feet towards the faith in what the Lord wants you to do. Thank you. In your talk, you also mention allowing the Lord to be all in in our lives. What are ways that we can allow Him to be all in our lives daily? Now, wouldn't it be fun, all your listeners, if they could just call in and say, this is how the Lord is all in my life. So, Celeste, what's one way you've had the Lord be all in your life? That's a good question. Um. I think kind of what you mentioned before, doing things that you feel prompted to do that don't make any sense or weren't part of your plans. Um, But on a daily basis, I think just allowing him to work in my life and being open to, to whatever he wants me to do, even if he doesn't even ask me to do anything that seems significant or important that day. Um, Just allowing him to be there and just telling him, you know, at the start of the day, if you need me in any way today, I'm willing and I'm open. Um, I think that's one way that I'm able to be all in is just being open and willing. And even if nothing happens, knowing that it can happen because I'm making the choice to allow him to be there. So I think just using our agency. Yeah. Simply as that. I love what you just said, because really this winding up scene, it demands the very best of our agency. And so as we stop and think, what does that mean? We were placed here at this time, not just random. It's like, oh, it's not like a lottery. The Lord was very purposeful in sending you at this time for this. For You know, you're here in, in, in Provo. You're not in Provo. You're in Regsburg. <laughs> <laughs> but he sent you here because of the intersections that you're going to have with other people in their lives. And it's the same with all of the listeners. You know, like, what we do are the simple little things. Um, for me, you had asked me the question I turned around and asked you, but <clears throat> it really is those primary answers that if I asked a five-year-old, how do you know Jesus? He would say, prayer, scriptures, temple, going to church. All of those things that we go, oh, yeah, but really, how do I know? That's it. There's a scripture that I have pondered, and um, it's in Ether. Since I've been studying Ether a little bit, it's in Ether 3.5, and it's just been fascinating to me because it says, this is the brother of Jared, the prophet, talking. He says, we know that, talking to um, the Savior, to the Lord, we know that thou art able to show forth great power. And then he says, which looks small unto the understanding of men. So sometimes the Lord is showing great power, but in our simple 
understanding, it looks just like a small little deed, a small little hello, um, showing up for somebody, just going to church. And we think, well, that's just a small little thing. But in reality, he's taking all those small things and using his great power to make great things come to pass. Thank you so much today, President Corden. It's been so fun getting to know you and asking you these questions, receiving advice about how we can just be better disciples of Jesus Christ. And we are so grateful. Oh, I'm speaking on behalf of, I think all the members of the church, um, especially um, women and young women, that we are just so grateful for your example and for what you're doing. So thank you so much for being here today and thank you for your work. And thank you for coming to Rexburg and speaking with us today. Well, it was a joy. Thanks so much, Celeste.